Hi, and welcome to the PR department podcast. You're through to your host, Katie Braden, and this is episode four. So for the first three episodes, I basically just spent the whole time um, talking about myself. (laughs) So I thought for this episode, we could do something a little bit more fun, and I thought I would put the ball more in your court. So a fair few weeks ago now, I asked over on Instagram, um, the pages at the PR department podcast, um, what you thought were like the most prevalent PR like stereotypes. Cause I feel like there is a lot of them, a lot of stereotypes, especially from the whole, like the Samantha Jones character from Sex and the City. I feel like even though that was filmed like 400 years ago, everyone still thinks that that is how the PR world works and that is how PR girls are. Um, You know, there's just, as with any industry, there's always stereotypes. So I thought it would be really, really fun to get your stereotypes and then basically do like a myth-busting episode where I like go through and tell you basically if it's true or not and like myth-buster, give my opinion on it. Um, so let's get stuck right in because I've had a look at the list and there are some absolute corkers in there, like really great. I did have quite a giggle prepping for this episode. So whether you're a PR or not, I hope this is like informative, but most importantly makes you laugh. So the first one, which came up multiple, multiple times, and this is definitely like the Samantha Jones sex in the city stereotype, is that basically all we do is like parties, like PR lunches, like champagne all day, and that we don't really like work at a desk, like we're always out networking and, you know, we're just living that like glam lifestyle, like admin, we don't know her kind of vibe. Um, so (laughs) when I came into PR, like when you work in an agency, there are so many, um, turning cogs, like they, there are so many people who work to get the job done and you have your, you know, your boss, like your owner of the agency. And whilst they work really, really hard and, you know, they have to wear multiple hats to like run the business, I would say they are probably like the closest to this. Like, are they like this all the time? Absolutely no. Like, is this stereotype true? Like, no, it is not. But I think if I was to put it remotely close to anybody, it would be like the bosses of agencies who have like, you know, full teams of people running the day to day. And they basically, their job is to network, like to meet with new clients to, you know, almost be like the face of the agency. So I would say they're the closest to it. Um, you know, when PR was very much about like who you knew and, you know, one-on-one meetings and all this kind of jazz. Um, Because let's not forget, like PR has changed a lot over the past couple of years, especially like with the pandemic, it's changed a lot. So, you know, doing those lunches, being at parties and having this whole like in-person networking, once upon a time was extremely important and obviously we used to do it but now I just don't think it's the case um especially being freelance like I for one cannot tell you the last time I went to a party a party um I mean free champagne who um like 
<laughs> obviously I'll go to like my client parties or like my client events or whatever but it's not like getting boozed up and schmoozing the room like yeah of course you have to schmooze the room and you have to network that's your job but there are so many moving parts behind the scenes like you are working at full capacity the entire time um my days are also like so packed with like admin um like one of the um the guys who put forward the stereotype for this they also added on the end that we don't work at a desk like we're so busy doing champagne lunches that we're like not at our desk ever um and whilst you know obviously pre-pandemic we were out and about all the time and doing meetings and running around and this and that like so much of the core work that we do like day to day happens at our desk like if I spend more than two days away from my hypothetical desk um I have so much work to do like I can't see the wood through the trees like emails like pitching is such a huge part of what we do sending emails you know social media like working on strategy documents like putting things together in like a nice pretty package for people to present like that is very very desk heavy like I would say the majority of my day when I'm doing things that are really like the core of what I do is at my desk and at my laptop I am very very lucky that I can take that laptop anywhere and still work again speaking in terms of like a mid to end pandemic world you know everybody has learned how to work remotely so we do have that as a bonus you know being a freelance and being a one-man band I can pick up my laptop go wherever I want and still be able to get my job done at my full capacity so that's incredible that I can do that not many people can do that but Am I sipping champagne every day? Negative. No, I am not. Um, so the next stereotype, I really like this one because I think this is a really big stereotype with like clients, especially, you know, people who know a little bit about the PR um, industry, but not a whole lot about it. Um, is that we're actually like personal friends with members of press. So... I think obviously with all of these, these are all my opinion and the opinion will vary based on who you ask. But again, I feel like this is a very, very like old school notion. Um, Back in the day, like, you know, old school PR, I think if you were friends with like multiple journalists or friends with editors or whatever, then you would get special treatment and you would probably be able to get more coverage. But that was like going on like 10 20 years ago I think now there are so many journalists who are freelancers um journalists are moving around so much people are really valuing like what is work and what is life and not kind of gelling them together and I think it is far less based on who you're friends with and far more based on how good your campaign is or how good your client is or you know, how good your press release is, the story that you put together. You know, if a random freelancer is coming in to work for like Vogue and they have a story that fits with your press pitch, like you're going to get that feature. It's not necessarily the fact that you're besties with the editor of Vogue because the editor of Vogue might not even be like working on that story. It's down to the freelancer. So I think it's more down to the story than, you know, being buddy-buddy with press. Obviously, like, 
having great relationships with press is fundamental to what we do but having a great relationship and being their friend is two separate things and I think people who try and swirl them together that's when it gets like messy um you know I have people who I've worked with for years and years and years who I would class as dear friends but that relationship is separate to work like if I want them to do something they don't do it because they're my friend they do it because it's a good job or they're getting paid correctly or they like the product or whatever it is so on and so forth so I think it's far more based on the work and not as heavy on like oh I'm best friends with the editor of Vogue like good for you babe but do you know the freelancers yes (laughs) so I feel like this episode is going to ruffle a few feathers. Um, So, but I've never been scared of that. So that's okay. Um, The next one. uh, Okay, so this kind of like leads quite nicely from the last one. Our relationships. So the strength of our relationships with press determine our client success. So for example, if you have amazing relationships with press, it equals good coverage. So. If you'd asked me this a year ago, I would have been like, yeah, obviously. Like, if you have good relationships with press, obviously you have to have good clients and good stories, as I just said in the last point. But if you have good relationships with press, like, yeah, you're going to get good coverage. Like, you're going to get good cut through because you'll be able to get those opportunities. Um, So half the battle with PR is like knowing what press are working on and slotting into that so that your client gets featured, basically. So that's what I mean by opportunities like knowing where those opportunities are and how to get them but 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 I think so much has changed in the last year I have this conversation with my friends who are PRs like on the regular to check that we're all kind of like on the same page and feeling the same and I really think now it's kind of half and half like good relationships with press can only get you so far Back to the point that I made about like everybody being freelance, like teams moving all the time. A lot of UK press are outsourcing to their US teams because their US teams are a lot bigger. Like it's really, really, it's more challenging than ever to have those like good solid relationships because there's so much movement with all of the publishing houses. Um, So I would say it's half and half. It's half like who you know and half like whether your story is actually good, if your client story is good, if your brand story is good kind of going back to what I said in the last point like if you've got an absolutely incredible client with an amazing backstory awesome product like that is going to get you the cut through um you know having those relationships yes it's going to give you an advantage but good relationships they don't equal good coverage anymore just because the way that the media structure is moving and shifting every day again in my humble opinion that guy on TikTok like (laughs) I'm just expecting you to like jump inside my brain but the guy on TikTok who starts every single TikTok video with like don't hate me it's just my opinion (laughs) like that lives in my head rent free every day um so the next one is juicy it's a juicy one okay I'm now I'm being dramatic and I'm really hyping it up um it's that PR is really expensive so it depends who you ask (laughs) again like these are all very personal responses to me um I'm not going to beat around the bush PR yeah okay to the average person it's expensive but the reason why it's expensive is because you're 
our job is to take a product, a brand, a story, whatever it is, and blast it to the mass market. So, or like position it in a really strategic way. Like we are a business growth tool. Um, you know, we we consult. We also in this day and age wear like 20 different hats. Like we are social media consultants. We are product developers. We are, you know, we find suppliers. We speak to distributors. We do so much more than just like pitch pitch press stories and have champagne lunches um so yeah we are expensive because our knowledge and the time that we've spent to get to this level is worth money and I will stick by that until the end of time like we are worth what we charge we charge what we are worth so nine times out of ten yes that is expensive because to get a good PR you have to pay money to get that level of expertise and experience you know if you want to go cheap just like with everything in life you get what you pay you get what you pay for so if you're gonna pay you know a really low fee for a PR you're going to get a low level of work which I think most of the time is a waste of time um you know if you are paying that higher rate let me just contradict myself for one second. Paying a higher rate doesn't always mean that you get a higher level of service, but paying a decent rate, nine times out of 10, you get in what you pay for, which is a higher level. So that is very much in relation to freelancers. But when you bring like PR agencies, which run on a completely different business structure into the equation, then all rules go out the window. So The reason why a lot of brands are more keen to work with freelancers these days is because we can run a lot cheaper and still be paid what we're worth because we don't have a lot of overheads. Um, When you work in a PR agency, um, I didn't realize until I left like how many, how much money the business spends on overheads, like especially the agencies that have like showrooms, you know, central London offices, like every account manager has got a business like credit card and then there's like 20 account managers, like the expenditure is wild. So obviously the monthly fees for the client reflect that. You know, if you're going to go to a massive agency with a central London office, you're probably going to pay upwards of 10 times what you would pay me when I'm working on my laptop remotely, you know, swings and roundabouts. What is up for debate is which service is better. I'm going on a tangent. You love it. I know, I know, I tangent a lot. Um, but isn't that what like podcasting is all about? It's just like tangenting until we can't tangent anymore. But whether an agency is better or whether a freelance is better, freelancer is better, is totally up to the situation at hand and what the client wants. So for example, if you have a huge brand like top of my head, Clinique, that literally just needs like a warehouse basically of like getting product out to press like getting moving mass product moving mass stuff then yeah you need to go with an agency because a freelancer would really struggle to do that but if you are you know looking for someone to consult on a campaign or you have a smaller brand or you're looking to do things a little bit more personally then obviously you know there's pros and cons I feel with both sides which leads me on to my next point in a very like round the houses kind of way. And that stereotype is that it's like devil wears Prada. 
<laughs> I love this stereotype. I love this one and I definitely kind of get it. Like when I was working in high-end fashion, I can certainly see like where this stereotype comes from because there are some similarities, I guess, like the whole role of like the um Miranda Priestley and like how her character is like behaves towards the others like I can certainly see like some like old school PR bosses like kind of having this energy and like character and vibe um the bit that kind of really stands out to me in terms of like where I would answer yes is like when you go to an event and you have the guest list and you have to know everybody by face like I would say that is a very like true to life thing I don't like going to events if I just know somebody's name and I don't know what they look like and it's kind of our job to like be able to identify people in a room like a networking environment and to be able to say to the client like oh that's so and so and so or to be able to like introduce yourself appropriately it's like just next level networking which is when you're in that kind of environment as the PR that is kind of your role um I also have clients a lot of the time be like oh who's this like who do I need to know who do I need to go and talk to so that is actually quite true to life um I wouldn't say I mean don't get me wrong I have had some experiences especially in fashion where it has felt very Devil West Prada and that's the only way you can explain it um but day to day no it is not like Devil West Prada um thank god because who would want to work in a toxic environment like that not me <laughs> so yeah yes and no I feel like a lot of these I'm not doing a very good job of myth busting these because most of my answers is like well yes and no half and half so yeah fun <laughs> um okay so the next one is the industry is very um dog eat dog and bitchy um I can certainly see where this comes from. Again, I would say that that is more true of like old school PR. Um, My personal experience, um, I spoke about it a little bit in episode one where I referenced um, the team that I had that I worked with in my last agency. Um, To be honest, it's the same as like all relationships you have in life. So like some people you're not going to get on with and some people you're going to really connect with. I have been very, very lucky to work with a lot of people, women in particular, that I've really connected with and had a positive experience with and have actually stayed in contact with for years and years and years. Um, I literally have one colleague who I worked with for a few years. I only ever met her in person once. Um, because we both worked remotely she's now retired and we still like call each other for catch-ups and she still checks in and anytime she gets like a new business lead because now she's retired she actually passes it over to me like how kind and sweet is that and I just feel like those stories are not necessarily shared very often like from the PR industry like stories of support and kindness and you know, really truly like women supporting women, not women supporting women because it's good, looks good on Instagram. Like women genuinely being kind and, you know, helping other women. I've experienced that numerous times with numerous people. 
But then on the flip side, um, obviously there's always going to be people in any environment who are willing to step on your head to further their own career or further their own success. I feel like that's a personal choice. I don't think you have to do that to be successful. I would rather... Um, you know, have valuable connections and approach things with professionalism and kindness. Um, not everybody shares the same notion. Um, you know, and there is that old school like mentality of like, oh, I'm just gonna stand on your head to get over you. Fine, that's fine. But those aren't necessarily the people who I have very long experiences with because I don't really want to be part of that. So I tend to remove myself from those situations quite quickly you know, do what I need to do and then like step away. I don't like to get too involved with people who I read that energy from, you know, straight off the back because I think it's quite obvious. Um, I think back when I was working in agency, it was more prevalent and that is purely because you are working in a room with like upwards like 20 or 30 women. Everybody is so different. Most of the time there are really strong personalities and really strong opinions all in one room you're in there in really high pressure situations, you're in there for long hours, that it's going to kick off from time to time, like it's inevitable, I feel like if you did that with humans it would, never mind like PRs, so yeah, obviously there are times where it can be bitchy and it can be dog eat dog, but I don't think it's down to personal fault, I think it's more down to like environment and circumstance. I've also come to learn through like having my Instagram platform which I like to think is quite like a supportive place Um, and obviously now having this podcast I've connected with a lot of women in the PR industry in particular who just really value support and I think that also comes from having like a freelance mindset because when you are on your own like you really value others in your industry around you and it's not it's no longer a competitive thing. It's a, it's an essential to survive. Like you need the support, you need the backup, you need the soundboard, you know, you need that second opinion. And I think people are really valuing that as more people are going freelance. So I think it's kind of cutting out this old school mentality of like, we're all against each other because we're not. Everybody gets what is right for them and what isn't right for them is right for somebody else and that's fine it doesn't make you any better or any worse you know what is for you is for you and what's not for you is not for you that's the gold nugget of today (laughs) so and the very last stereotype which is probably the most controversial um but I love it is that members of press hate influencers lol (laughs) so um okay I'm gonna be very very honest about this one very honest so I think a few years ago uh let's say like five years ago when you had members of press are starting to struggle brands are starting to shift their advertising budget away from media and more towards like paid influencer campaigns influencers are kind of at their height you know like the YouTube stars especially in the beauty space I think it was booming and it was really being led by influencers you know those big sales were coming from influencers 
And I think with this change of tide, like with any change in any industry, there's going to be some level of uncomfort, discomfort rather, uncomfort, what? I just made up a word discomfort um, from some side and I think there was a discomfort there for a few years between press and influencers because it was kind of this thing of like you're new here I've spent 20 30 years paying my dues to be the editor of this magazine you've just come in you've been working for five minutes and you're getting my advertising money like if you look at it from their perspective like if they've given so many years of their life to work their way up the ladder in a corporate structure in a publishing house to become you know a top journalist a top editor and then some 20 year old comes in who makes YouTube videos and then all of a sudden like brands are obsessed with the YouTuber and no longer really care about press like obviously that's gonna cause some rift and I think especially with some of the older editors who as I say have spent years you know paying their dues and getting to where they are I think there was some animosity there towards influencers and there was always this conversation behind the scenes which was with events and things in particular like do we keep press and influencers separate and it's not because they don't get on it's more because they have different needs and wants um so you would do like an influencer breakfast and then like a press dinner for example to keep them separate or should we seat them next to each other like you know are are they going to want to talk to each other again not because they hate each other but just because they're they're different and they have different needs and something that I think makes a really good PR is understanding who you're talking to and what they need from you so having press and influencers all in a room at that period in time where there was this shift happening wouldn't have been appropriate because number one logistically they have different needs like press need different things from a PR than an influencer does they work on different lead times so they need different information to drop at different times and they have different crafts so why would you have them all in the same room in saying that in the last few years there's been a huge merge of media and influencers coming together so you'll see like a lot of influencers taking like contributor spots at magazines or a lot of magazines you know going digital and having things like podcasts and being more prevalent on Instagram you know there's kind of been like a merge of worlds which has actually been quite incredible to see because it's almost like press have looked at influencers influencers have looked at press and they've both gone okay I'm gonna learn this from you you're gonna learn this from me and they both kind of like shared that knowledge in that space which is really cool to see and now I would say it is a hundred percent appropriate to have press and influencers in the same room because nine times out of ten like if I'm talking to glamour magazine and I'm talking to an influencer I can give them quite similar information because you know, maybe not Glamour print magazine, but Glamour will have some element of the magazine that actually functions very similarly to an influencer. So they there has been a merge. Um, I think there's also been a crossover with journalists. And this goes hand in hand with the whole shift to going freelance thing. Journalists are understanding in the past few years that if they have an online presence they have a better chance of operating successfully when they're freelance. The same with any industry. If you have a way to market yourself and a way to get your name out there as a freelancer, you're going to be more successful than those who don't. So I'm seeing a lot now, a rise of like really established journalists 
going freelance number one and then number two having this really really strong almost like influencer like personality online and they're kind of doing both um which works really well for brands because you basically get a two for one you know you get their influencer qualities so they're following and their content but you also get access to them as a member of press so I'm seeing a real change in that sense um especially over on TikTok like there's some incredible journalists who have really like taken TikTok by storm and they're really doing bits over there like very very incredible actually like hats off to you because I clearly can't do TikTok hence why I'm sat here doing a 30 minute episode again I don't possess the ability to make a point in 60 seconds so but yeah I'm seeing a big merge um I would definitely put them together in the same space like over lockdown for example when we were doing digital events um which were fantastic I think um we were mixing press mixing influencers and um I think it worked fantastically and they were both really happy to be in the same space as each other um you know learning from each other and enjoying the same content which fundamentally is what these kind of things are for and what my job is for is to have everybody just have a positive experience and enjoy the content no matter what that is um of course if it's appropriate to split them I would still split them um but I think it's a case-by-case basis but to myth bust without going off on too much of a tangent um no I don't think they hate each other I think they've actually learned over the years to really appreciate each other and borrow skills from one another which is um amazing and I think that's what we need to do in all aspects of our industry um because the world of social media is changing so fast the world of media even the world of work you know how society views work and how culture views work like everything is changing so fast um and if we can't adapt then we get left behind so to keep things exciting and to keep moving forward with our you know media advertising marketing PR beauty industry um you know we have to adapt and I think that is what has happened and what will continue to happen which is super exciting to see um so on that note I'm going to wrap up this episode um I hope you enjoyed it I hope you had a few giggles because I certainly did um and if I've missed missed hello (laughs) end of the episode and all of a sudden I've decided that I can't speak um if I've missed any stereotypes that you think are particularly juicy drop them over on Instagram at the PR department podcast and I will slip them into um, one of my episodes that are forthcoming because these are really fun and I really really like to hear what everybody thinks both like inside and outside the industry the ones outside the industry are actually like extremely entertaining Um, but on that note thank you so much for joining me and I will see you on the next episode bye